0: Welcome to the Hitting Turbulence Podcast, a place where we discuss the beautiful ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Gary, but just call me Jade. I'm a course creation expert and an intuitive business mentor. I help women package up their brilliance into impactful courses, programs, webinars, videos, and more, but we dive so much deeper by tapping into my intuitive and spiritual gifts. I love helping women harness their power and potential by connecting more deeply with themselves via tarot, crystals, pendulums, and other powerful tools. I'm so excited that you are tuning in to this episode starting now. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: Thank you for having me, Jade.
0: Of course. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, of course. So I'll start by by a, a bit of a geography check in. So, as the accent implies, I am in the UK. I'm right in the middle of the UK. Um, so, if you use London as a as a reference point, I'm about two and a half hours north of London oh, in a little rural town in Warwickshire. It's it's beautiful. Um, I love it here. Uh, and what do I do? Well, no, let's let's stick with me first. So, I'm I'm a double mom. I'm a mom to two spaniels uh, who are. Uh, yeah, brilliant, amazing fun, absolutely loopy. And I'm also a mom to two boys who are eight and 10. Um, and again, fill, fill my fill my cup up very much. Um, yeah, I love spending time with all of them. So that's me as a person. And then who, who am I in, in a kind of work context? So I help female entrepreneurs to grow their coaching, healing therapy businesses Mm. By using visibility, and I incorporate visibility into elements of marketing, how you show up, doing collaborations, doing great things like we're, we're doing today, and allowing them to really step into doing something to promote themselves that they love. So they get to grow their business, they get to have fun while they do it, and then ultimately serve those clients that really need their help.
0: Uh, I love that so much. And I think you're bringing up such an important point that's come up on this podcast a few times is that collaboration aspect, you know, whether you have someone you do collaborative work with, whether it's hopping on a podcast interview or hopping on and doing a Instagram live, just anything that you feel comfortable doing with someone is such a great way to get exposure. And I think, that's one of those things that's often forgotten about. Just, you know, simply tagging someone you're having a coffee chat with, tagging someone, you know, that you hop on a call with, like that creates a lot of visibility and it can be really powerful. It
1: can. And I think, I think when you're having fun as well, you show up so much better.
0: Yes. And all
1: so many conversations that I have with, with people that are, Maybe still finding their feet in that online promotion space. They they see all the almost like the formulas, and this terrible word of should comes in all the time. And I get so frustrated that we're almost living in this, oh, I should, and I'm supposed to, and I've got to. And I was told once that I needed to. And they're showing up doing all these shoulds, which then doesn't mean they're really themselves, because you can almost sometimes almost sort of hear the sigh before they say, oh, I've got to do that thing. Or, and we feel that, like we can tell that that is not something they're loving doing as opposed to somebody else who literally radiates the fun and, and their passion and they love doing what they do. So yeah, I'm big into finding your way, your voice, because there's so many ways you can get out there and connect with the right people.
0: Oh, I love that. That's so powerful because I think there is a lot of should in this, in the online business space. And the thing is we all started businesses. And part of that is being able to make your own rules. So if you're feeling like you should do this to get visible, but you hate it, why are you doing it? Like it's some of those shoulds never even work, you know, it's that heartfelt content. I feel like is what gets people the most visible and when it's the things they enjoy. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and that's that's where you get to shine your brightest. And exactly as you say, most of us took a decision to leave a job, a paid job, being an employee, checking in, checking out, being responsible to somebody else, doing stuff that other people told us to do for, in theory, a life that gave us freedom. Our, our time was our own. We could make these choices. And yet we end up doing all the shoulds and the supposed tos and the I've got to so we just replace one for the other, whereas actually you get you get to, you know, it's that make the choices and be conscious of your choices as well. There's there's nothing wrong with trying something and then saying, mm, maybe that isn't for me, and then diverting and trying something else. But yeah, I mean it it should be fun. And if it is fun, you're you're doing your best
0: thing, aren't you, whatever
1: your thing is.
0: Mm, I love that. What was the transition like for you? Because you started out in corporate, right? Very
1: much so. Yeah, I was the true definition of little miss corporate. I I did a degree that included a year's placement. So I went and worked for a year and then went back to uni to finish my degree. I got a job straight after that back with the business i had done the placement in. So sort of never really stopped to to catch my breath. And I, I... I have no regrets over any of that period of my life. I loved it. I had a good life. I enjoyed the culture. Genuinely, I had a lot of fun. I made lots of great friends and it was only really until I, my priorities changed and, and we were looking to start a family that I suddenly thought, yeah, actually working all these hours and driving all these miles that I do isn't probably going to be for me for that much longer. Had my two children. There's there's only just two years between them, and it was on going back the second time. I really felt that pull of I'm leaving my little people every single day, and you know they were being dropped off as the nursery was opening, and then I'd be the last parent rushing, stressed to pick them up right at the end of the day, coming home, putting them to bed, and getting up and doing it all again day after day after day, and it was just it it wasn't it wasn't a, a great place, but I didn't know that there was an alternative because that was the only life I'd known, and I got to a position in uh, one business where I had I had a route of either step up again and go into a, a role which would pull me away overnight, even more travel, lots more expectation, stress, responsibility, or probably go because there was I'd kind of served my time, and that was probably. It, the decision was kind of taken for me because I wasn't ready to step into that second level role and I didn't want to. So we agreed that there wasn't there for anything left for me in that business. So I left. But I didn't leave with like the plan. Like lots of people say, yeah, I've had this entrepreneurial spirit that I've been harboring all my life and I could just let it go. And none of that. I was just left going Oh, okay. (laughs) Now I don't have any income and we've got a big fat mortgage to pay. So what shall I do? So I joined some agencies and I went for some job interviews. Of course, I didn't get any of them because I actually didn't want any of them. And I now very much um, believe that I wasn't supposed to get any of them because I was being told that my time doing that is done and there's something else for you. Mm -hmm. So a friend of mine suggested I'd probably been out of work, in theory out of work, although being now a beautifully fulfilled stay-at-home mom, walking my children to school, we like to walk in when the bell goes and not go to breakfast club, picking them up when the bell went. I was loving it. Um, And a friend of mine said, have you thought about coaching? And at the time I'd been out of work for a little while and I thought, that sounds like a bit of an investment that I can't really justify at the moment. Um, but she said, no, not for you. Like, do it. You you be it. Uh. And the more we explored it, it was, it was just like one of those, oh, someone's just opened my eyes to, of course, it's obvious. All the parts of my corporate career that I'd really enjoyed, training, development, the leadership part, bringing people on, all came together in that one role. And it just... Everything then started to fall in place. And I thought, yes, this is it. I've got nothing else to lose. I've got, I haven't got anything else that is drawing me in like this is. So let's give it a go. So I did. And that was
0: 2018.
1: And here I am. Four
0: years later, nearly. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. And I think you're bringing, I've been having this same kind of conversation with people in my professional life um, and people in my personal life about this balance. I think we've come such a long way is women getting to have these really fulfilling careers, but it's still really hard trying to have that really fulfilling career and have your littles. Um, And it's not i imagine it has to be so hard doing that every day leaving them every day you know rushing 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 trying to make time in I think that online space at first, I was like, how are people doing this? But it seems like the really beautiful way to be able to create the life you want in every way, including being there for your kids and, you know, getting to still do something fulfilling outside of your children, but having the time for your children. And I think that's really beautiful um, that you've been able to do that. And I've seen so many women lately being able to do that. And that just gives me so much hope. I I don't I don't want to paint
1: a fairy tale picture by the way Jade I don't want to I don't want people go yeah that's it I've got to do this I've got to jack it all right. in and then just end up like landing this amazing life it very much was not a straight line to success it was it was one of those where I kind of bumped and bumbled my way along for the first six months not not really having a clue what I was doing yeah um I you know, even down to I never had my own computer. I had a laptop given to me by my employer. And if something went wrong with it, like anything went wrong with it, I just gave it to somebody or rang someone up and they fixed it for me. I, I was in a role where I had people doing the doing and I did a bit of thinking and a bit of directing. So suddenly I was kind of, oh, uh, uh, right, where do I start? And initially I would I'd thought, well, I'll I'll coach what I was helping people do in my corporate life. So I'll have those conversations around preparing for a career change or like a big event at work, things that are stressing people. Help them to sort of navigate what maybe they're not getting the full support from their employer. I'll be that person, and I had some success with that mainly because I got a good LinkedIn network, I've got a bit of a um, a reputation, and I got lots of referrals. And I was I remember the first time I got I was like, oh my god, it's amazing! I've 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 done it! Like yay! this is it. How easy is this? And then, of course, my referrals and my network dried up because I wasn't doing anything to take myself out there other than, you know, I'd created a page and I'd got a very, very basic website. And I thought that was it. People would just come. So that I almost went, yay. And then went, oh, straight away again, because (laughs) it was that flush of initial success of I'm literally, you know, I'm going to be a millionaire. Where's my island? Where, where, what are it all, all these opportunities were then suddenly sort of being put in front of me and, and, and these expectations were changing. Like, oh, actually, if I'm going to be able to earn that level and only work half the time I used to, if I can up my hours a little bit, we can buy a new house and we can have like a house abroad and, and I went wild <laughs> initially. So once my clients dried up, I literally went, oh, oh heck, like, oh no, what uh, What was that? So I had to get some help mm-hmm. and that is my, that's my biggest, I guess, you know, they say oh, coaches always say that, but honestly, I would have given up if I hadn't have had someone help me. Um, and through that, that journey of self-development and learning how to actually set up an online business, I was able to navigate that route of who do I want to serve? Where are those people? How can I connect with them? And how can I show up in a way that I find fun and easy and uplifting? And it brings me the clients as well.
0: Oh, I love that because I think, you know, that's part of why I named the podcast hitting turbulence because so many women, or entrepreneurs in general general experience that at first. You get those first couple of clients or the first client. You're like, this is easy. I've got this. Like, oh my gosh, my life has changed And then something happens, whether you weren't being visible. And so all of those leads dry up because there are no more new ones coming in. Maybe you don't have good systems in place. Maybe you just realize you don't know what you're doing because it's so (laughs) different. Um, And I think when we're honest everyone's experienced it. There's just not enough conversations about what that looks like and overcoming it. And I think you nailed it. When you're hiring the right coach, it changes everything. And you're able to finally step into that power and get consistent and feel like you're now you're skyrocketing, you know, towards your dreams. But it can be really hard that first Few months that first year or two, where you're still kind of feeling out how you're going to do all this. And it's lonely, it's
1: scary, it's confusing. You get in your own way all the time. And yeah, I mean, from every level, there was a challenge, both from a practical level where I don't, you know, all I'd ever done was use social media to find out who'd got married and who'd had a baby. I haven't used it for any sort of business. Um, right down to having the right tech to understanding the messaging piece you know it, it was all just a total minefield and that was what made me so determined once i i initially um, having had that flush of success really early days I then went to helping women with a lack of confidence so something again that I felt very passionate about and I knew that that could open doors into lots of alternative, ways of life for for the right person but I now know that was too broad and what ended up happening was during the client conversation more and more of the people I was bringing towards me were saying actually great that I've got this more confidence do you know what I'd really like to do is to actually start my own business because I feel like that's been something I've been you know holding back so then I shifted to, to to almost then pass down my learning of well I've learned this stuff so the person who's one two steps behind me can benefit and fast forward all of those tries fails tears celebrations I can help them just navigate that that little bit quicker and as I've evolved so has my client so that they're a little bit further along their journey now a little bit more established and and again it, it often comes back to these elements of confidence that show up for us that we think we've got it. Like, yeah, I've, I've, I'm amazing at sales. But then actually getting in a one-to-one conversation with someone and pitching yourself, totally different ball game. Or the, yeah, I'm visible, I'm out there all the time. So how many people are seeing your message? Well, you know, I go live in my group all the time. How many people are in your group? How many people in your group are actually seeing you? And it's, you know, that, that almost, it's the voice. By having help, it's the voice that you don't want to hear Mm-hmm. It's the reality check of, yeah, but we need to this and we need to the other, as opposed to just keep trying and failing and trying and not even seeing why you're failing.
0: Oh my goodness. Yes. I ran into that. Um, I too had a really successful first little bit when I started my business and I was booking these clients while we were moving my brother. And I was like, oh, this is so easy. I can be traveling and booking clients. And this is amazing, but I hadn't quite learned a lot about Vetting my clients and the type of clients that I wanted to work with. I hadn't gotten narrowed down enough, right? So I had this client who really quickly wanted to build a course they were in marketing. And so I'm like, well, this is, this is their area of genius. They know what they're doing. I tried to talk to them about that. And they're like, no, I have a Facebook group. I have an Instagram. I have a brick and mortar. Like I have, I'm visible. And I was like, okay, you know, and helped them. (laughs) You already know where this is going. I helped them build that course. They launched it and it was crickets and they were so frustrated and it really took it out on me. Um, And I didn't do the vetting and the pushing. I should have been that person in the ear like, yeah, but, (laughs) you know, it was a learning experience for both of us. And since then I learned that same lesson, like, oh, I don't think you have to have 10K followers on any social platform or combined. But, you know, if you aren't going live regularly in your group or your 300 Instagram friends or people you know in real life who probably aren't going to invest in your services, then anything you want is going to be difficult Um, because it's the same, you know, it's the 300 people who used to just check on you to see about the baby or the new job or just what you're doing. And- your mom, who will always
1: support you and she'll give you a like and she'll be like love what you're doing oh god no yeah yeah no it is and 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 unless you're taking action to widen that net on a regular basis all you're doing is is almost continuously pitching what might be slightly different offers but to the same audience that are frankly bored of seeing it so Mm. it's the, the big piece for me is allowing yourself to come out of the equation because when we make it about us and we make it about, I have to this and I have to do the other and I have to make myself do this thing, we're not truly serving. We're not showing up for the people that need to hear our message. And you know, we, we have been given so many different platforms, methods and routes to those people. It's down to us to step into them, not just sit and wait and say, I'm a this, I'm a whatever, and let the people come when they're ready we have to move towards them and, and make ourselves available and take ourselves out of the equation. You know, we are, we're all here to interact in some sort of way. And if you've got a gift, a passion and expertise in something, surely you're being selfish by just keeping it to yourself. You know, we should be sharing, we should be passing that information on and learning from one another as much as we possibly can. Like I get so much from the coaching relationships that I'm in, from the people that I'm coaching. And, you know, the different people that have come through a program with me at different points in my life have, have literally carried me through all sorts of things. And and it's when I look back at the, the way that clients change and alter and who's been in my life at certain points, they've been brought to me for a reason, just as I was brought to them. So if we make it less about us, we sort of can, it helps to get out of our way a little bit and get on with, getting in front of those people that need to hear us.
0: Oh, I love that. It's so powerful when you remove yourself from it and look at the greater impact and greater need. And I think in some ways that takes some of the fear out of showing up. Uh, because we have so many social media is beautiful and powerful, but it's overwhelming at the same time and scary and all of these things. So when you can look at it through a different lens and not be so worried about what people are thinking, or if they're going to judge you and you're just realizing you're there to serve people, I think it can take some of that pressure off, um, which is a really wonderful thing. Uh, And speaking about being visible, how do you tell your clients to handle having so many different platforms to choose from? Because I think sometimes people hear visible and they're like, well, then I need to be on Pinterest and TikTok and Instagram. And oh, man, I hate YouTube, but I've got to get on there. And so on and (laughs) and so forth
1: yeah it can it can be it can be really overwhelming and it's it's a little bit like going into a a sweet shop as a kid or, or a toy shop i I took my children a couple of years ago down to um Hamley's which is a huge London toy store it's like four floors and it has nothing other than toys and we're like this is part of your birthday uh, part of your Christmas presents you can go in here and you can choose what you want like this is this is for you it's it's part of the experience they were so overwhelmed my youngest particularly just couldn't cope you just like poof I don't know what to do and that is how we can feel if we sort of sit with that blank piece of paper and say I'm ready to take myself out, how am I gonna gonna go? Now, what you'll hear a lot of coaches say is define your ideal client and research where they're hanging out and go there. Go to where they are. Go and show up and be amazing in front of wherever they are. I come at it from a slightly different perspective and my recommendation is decide on what you want first. Because if you're molding to your potential client, you're doing exactly like you described with that client who you took on, which maybe you shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. So you, and, and you're setting yourself up to end up having to keep showing up in those places where you maybe don't necessarily want to be. So it, let's pick a platform. Let's say you believe that your, your ideal client is always on Instagram or they're always using TikTok but it makes you feel physically ill, the thought of doing a reel or a, or a TikTok. I, I'm never going to say, well, sorry, you're going to have to get over that and, and just get on. You have to start with you because, honestly, the more you force yourself into that you know, round peg in a square hole, the more stupid you're going to look. And, and the, your ideal client may well be on there, but they're looking at you going, oh, that feels uncomfortable just to watch. So actually, no, I, I'm going to not follow anymore. So defining what your preferences are is your first route. So understanding whether you're a writer, whether you like speaking, whether you're more audio. Do you like to create and spend a lot of time over something which might suit like a book or a publication or a, you know, a regular newsletter? Do you want to submit articles to be featured in things? You know in your heart what your preference is. So start there. And the way that I work with my clients is imagining that we're, we're looking at a buffet and I get them to pick four items from the buffet so it might be I think I want to try LinkedIn I think I want to do this I want to do a little bit of live video but I also like to write as well and that's kind of my secondary Mm. and then once we've got four we nail those four now they should all complement one another and we repurpose lots of content across the different platforms but four is manageable as opposed to I mean if someone picked two that would probably be my ideal because then they could absolutely smash two out of the park but four is manageable as long as you've got almost like two leading and two, then two in the in the repurposed pot The more like shop windows but starting with you starting with you all the time so taking something that you might you might want to do a presentation but then get it transcribed and use that as a piece of written content there's loads of ways to to repurpose and really scale your time but that's my number one tip. Start with you and your personality.
0: Oh, that's so good because you're going to hate showing up too if you don't enjoy it. So not only is it maybe going to be really dreadful, um, like visually or for someone else to consume, but you're just going to hate doing it. So you're not going to be able to show up consistently. You're eventually going to fall off and. I think about that when I see abandoned accounts. I'm like, they probably hated this platform. I wonder if they're anywhere else, or because someone put them pigeonholed them into that, they're no longer even operating. And I think that's really sad uh, that people feel into that. So, having been in business for four years, how do you feel now? Do you feel a lot more steady on your feet than those beginning turbulent um, years?
1: yes because I've got I've got a solid foundation it's not to say it doesn't wobble at times or I don't wobble um but yeah it's a as long as (laughs) this is the irony as long as I do what I get my clients to do I know it works right the problem I think that so many of us have is exactly that word you use consistency is actually doing what you do on a consistent basis and the the probably the biggest thing I struggle with and I'm being really transparent and honest with you is the the, almost the peaks and troughs that I can have real success and get lots of clients signed up and then I'm merrily working away with them. I don't look far enough in advance and go, yeah, so maybe three of them are going to finish in two months time. So that creates space in my diary. I actually need to start warming my audience up and making the offers kind of way earlier so I end up almost like with a drop off and then having to go okay right I really need to get going again I should this is the best way to do it is just be regular consistent rather than having to have like blasts of all out and then I just kind of go yeah fury, and I sit back and go I'll just coast this for a little bit but you know what I don't mind that and I can I can manage my time myself to allow me to be quite intensely in my business and then step away again and then intensely in and step away so it really depends on your personality and the way you build your models to suit yourself and suit your routines um but yeah that's probably the the thing that I could do better but yeah I mean knowing now that I've got that security of I'm past that oh my gosh is it going to work or is it not phase I'm not in that panic of Graspiness that you can be in in those early days. So I know when I'm having a conversation with someone who we've connected with, we're exploring whether or not there's something I can do with them. I'm quite indifferent, and that pressure feels like a really nice conversation. Then it's not one of those, Are they going to sign up? Are they going to, Are they right? Can I make them an offer? Are they going to say yes when I make them an offer? You know, there's none of that dialogue going on. I'm just chatting, I'm connecting, I'm giving value. And at the end, it's like, So. Do you want to find out more about me or, or, or is that not where we're at? And then off we go. You know, it's, it's not, uh, I don't feel the pressure, which is it allows me to serve much better.
0: Hmm. I think you nailed it. That beginning stages is almost like you're having to hunt and you're thirsty and it can come across even in the most innocent, you know, Hey, how are you? Or it's very difficult at first when you're in those early stages, really wanting something to work and trying so hard to make it work to find that way to just kind of ride the waves at first. Um. And it's, I think. It- like when you're, it's like when you it's like when for you,
1: like at high school, when you really like that person and they're going to come and speak to you and you're desperately trying to be really cool about it. And oh my God, they're coming over, they're going to speak. And it does, it just, it's in our energy stamp, you know, regardless of what we say and the words that come out of our mouth, it's there. And there is no, I don't, I genuinely don't believe there's any amount of do the inner work, sort your inner beliefs, get rid of all your old stories go to work on the inner the child there is no amount of that that gets over the fact that we've all got bills to pay and we need an income so mm. yeah it's someone once told me that when we struggle financially um it, it instigates the fight or flight in us because that's effectively our modern day equivalent of being attacked by a woolly mammoth, you know, that money yeah. is is our, our financial security is, it is our survival route now. So if we're in that situation of, I don't know where the money's coming from to pay the rent next month, we go into that fear mode, which makes us make irrational decisions. And as I say, it kind of affects our entire vibration and, and chemical makeup, quite honestly, because of all, all this stuff, the stress hormones that are going around in us. So People that say, you know, you can get out of that by doing, doing, the, doing the healing. Well, I'm not sure you can. I think there's, there's, there's often another shift that you've almost got to, you've got to re- relief, release, release that blockage and then work on your business rather than going at it from that desperation point, point of view.
0: Oh my goodness. Yes. Cause I am into all the energy work, all the healing. I think it's so important, but at the end of the day, there are still bills to be paid. And if you're in this spot where that's a real concern, that's a, that's a problem. And eventually, you know, we want everybody to not be at that spot, but it's, I think some people kind of lose their past lives in the sauce or maybe they maybe it's something they never had to experience but I find that comes up a lot in the online entrepreneur space where it's just like it'll work out or just hustle and it'll be fine and it's you got bills to pay <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah trust trust and patience the amount of times I've heard that and wanted like punch the person in the face trust and patience is not going to get food on my children's plate and um, mm-hmm. for me in those early days that was that was the biggest lesson and um I made a decision to separate from my my husband um which financially I wasn't ready to do mm-hmm. uh, we already had an, another house um in the same town which was very convenient but We had tenants in it, so they were providing us an income to cover all the costs of that house. Um, And i I come back to that house. Financially, my business, standalone, was not ready to cover a significant-sized house financial responsibilities, plus be independent in every other sense. So I kind of jumped before financially I was totally ready, and that initially did send me into a spin of, Oh my gosh, like it really matters now. I haven't got the income of a support anywhere else to kind of prop me up. I've made this decision for myself. And for the first time in my life, well, other than that initial first job coming out of uni, looking at my bills and going, oh, the ins and the outs don't match. But right. thankfully, I knew that every month there was another income and another because I just had to turn up for work and I got paid. Mm-hmm. Other than then, this has been the only time when. I've kind of said, like literally, I have to get really resourceful now. Otherwise, I know I'm going to end up in that, in that spin situation. And yeah, it wasn't, it, it wasn't pleasant, but also it taught me so many lessons about priorities and actually the stuff that I was spending money on that frankly was totally unnecessary and not needed. I was just spending it because I always had. And um, we had a great the first first summer. Um, When I had my boys off school over that summer, instead of going really expensive trips and doing theme parks and spending a fortune on food in the day, we went to the park or went on bike rides and took picnics and went fishing in the local river and, you know, chilled out in fields for the day. We had some proper, like, true family time as opposed to spending 500 pounds on a day out and then going oh blind, I'm exhausted and i have eaten rubbish food all day so it really taught me about what mattered and I very quickly realized that they didn't care either like they loved those days out they didn't mind that we hadn't gone on all these expensive trips and I mean foreign travel wasn't wasn't really a, a thing but we haven't been on holiday since the the pandemic and they're not bothered they're not bothered they you know and, and it it sort of made me realise that all those years when I was in corporate, I was working for these blocks of holiday that we would go away and we would have very nice holidays. And, again, they didn't care. And I'd always, at some point during the holiday, I'd have too much wine and end up saying to them all tearfully, this is why mommy does all this work. And they'd look at me like, well, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, it does, I think it's it's one of those where we're always being taught those lessons and it's about learning the lesson as you need to learn it and then taking that forward as well so I very quickly learned to almost reset what was required what was normal and and defaulting the monthly income to be a different number and then going okay it's fine so then once that that pressure had gone as we said it it started to flow again and you can introduce the things back in again. And I mean, these aren't big things. These are like having someone come and be able to clean and have someone do the gardening. Those I considered originally essential items. I was like, no, I can clean my own toilets actually. Yeah. But it is, it's about resetting your
0: your importance and and moving that bar as you need to. Mm, That's so powerful. And how you've learned those lessons and it's been able to impact like the lessons from your business impacted your personal life and helped you really step into this next chapter of yourself is really empowering. Um, and I just applaud you for so much for that because I know it had to be scary. And I think there's so much pressure on us. We're going on holiday and work, work, work for the, you know, however few days you get off a year that you don't even get to enjoy because. There are so few. <laughs> um, and it's so stressful. And just what a beautiful way to be able to step back and really look at what's important and what matters to you.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and those are the lessons that I want my boys to continue to see. So, yes, they see that mom works hard. And there's some days when I do still have to work after they've been picked up from school, but they're not tiny little now. They're, they're quite happy to entertain themselves they're not here right now, but if they were here now, they'd be they'd be happily playing out there. And, you know, they see me work, so they, they know that I'm working for what we can have in our lives, but also that they see me go on school trips with them and pick them up from the school gate and all of those sort of balance elements that they get to enjoy as well. And that, for me, was a big push. You know, there's some clients that come to me and they'll say, I've got a very financially driven target. And others will say... I want to earn as much as I was in my previous, but on half the hours, and that that was mine. I wanted to be on less than half the hours, but ideally the same or maybe double mm-hmm. the uh, my corporate salary, and I can I can do that really comfortably. I can pick and choose now, so it's it's the it is the perfect balance now.
0: It makes me so happy for you. I just love hearing these stories of how businesses started and women being on the other side where they're like, yeah, I did it. I replaced my income. I have the time and my schedule that I want. It wasn't easy, but I'm so glad I didn't give up. I just, uh, it makes me feel emotional because it's just, it's so empowering and, and uh, women are amazing. <laughs>
1: yeah. And we're supposed to be, we're, we're multitasking, multifaceted, just amazing, amazing. I mean, we all are, and I'm not. I'm not saying men aren't in the same way, but yeah, women seem to be able to have a resilience that we can we can just do all the things all the time. Um, we just need to help one another, you know. And there isn't, there's no point. I, I'm a super impatient person. I, I'm the one that's always tapping their their feet in cues, and when I used to be in meetings, I would be always like, "Come on, let's get going. Let's move to the next thing." And I'm the same in my business, you know, I wanted the quickest route from start to success that I could possibly get. And it was frustrating for a long time that I wasn't, I wasn't getting there and I wasn't getting the client. And I had to learn to step much more into that allowing, relax, like let it come. You're like a coiled spring and you're preventing clients coming towards you. You just need to chill out. But It's it's still really hard. So I do that almost now by kind of like an enforced routine. So Mm. I don't start my my own work until normally 11 o'clock for me in the UK, 11am, so that in the morning I can take the children to school, I can walk my dogs, I can do some exercise, I can just potter about in the house. 11 o'clock I'll start. That gives me then a good four hours until I pick the children up. If I need to do some more in the evening, occasionally I will. But in the main, I don't. So that's four hours over five days a week. It's nothing. It's nothing.
0: Amazing. Uh, that's, i getting to just create the life you love. Like, I think there's so much to be said for that. And just knowing it's enough and that you can do this. I think that's something women are really great at is, seeing what has to be done and getting it done like and just knowing that we can make it happen and I think that's such a story of it of just seeing what you want and just getting it
1: yeah yeah and and being tenacious enough as well there's that piece of mercy not being put off by yes we hit turbulence it is bumpy it is it is testing but you know it's that whole what doesn't kill you or make you stronger and honestly there's very little that will kill you so yes. you know we, we've shown I think just we've shown through the pandemic and the behaviors that are coming through that the way people pull together there is so much love and so much drive in in humanity full stop that you know being getting a no getting a knock back yeah it's annoying but that that's for a lesson move on get on get back on your horse you know that's that's what I love to be able to support my clients with when they're, they're seeing this, I, we celebrate and then they, they might get a knock and then it's, oh, no, no, come on. What do, what was that to teach you? Because everything's got a lesson in it, everything, you know, what could you do differently? How can we learn from it? Okay, now let's move on.
0: Oh, yes. And looking at everything like that. So your reel or your post or whatever didn't perform how you wanted, take a step back. It's not always about you. It could be the time of day, the hashtags, the whatever, you just never know. And it's okay. Just keep showing up and see how it's going. And speaking of which you have something that you're offering air listen, uh, air listeners today. Um, so you're offering some free brand voice sessions, right?
1: Yeah. So I, uh, I do these sessions with, with women who are at, at that stage, as I described. So they're, they're almost, uh, oh heck, why is what I did before not working anymore? And these sessions are really powerful to, to just start concentrating on exactly that messaging and who it's designed for. And we do explore what, what you've tried before and, and really you know, look to uncover how you can make some small changes to have a big impact. Because as I've described in my, in my work pattern, I'm all for getting the biggest impact for the smallest amount of time. Yeah. So yeah, it's a a 45 minute session where we learn lots more about one another and I will take them through um, the business model that I use with my clients, which is called the three layers of business growth, where we really look at making sure that the foundations are in place, that there's then a really solid, consistent way of showing up to generate your leads. And then the final piece, which is the sales conversation, and they're comfortable with that. So yeah, I'd love to offer your listeners to have that session with me.
0: Oh, amazing. So make sure you take Sarah up on that. We're going to have links not only for this, um, but other ways you can connect with Sarah, learn more about her approach and just keep building that community that cheers each other on as we are navigating building our businesses. Ah, so thank you so much for being here, Sarah. I'm so glad we got to chat and I got to learn more about your journey. I really appreciate it.
1: No, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Jade. I love, I love sharing and I hope it is, even if it's inspired just one person to say, yeah, actually I can, I've still got it. I can still do this. Um, you, know, you, you never know quite how close you are to that break, big breakthrough that will shift everything.
0: Yes, I love that. And it will definitely touch at least one person. I already know.